الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وإنك لعلى خلق عظيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إن من خياركم أحسنكم أخلاقا أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected students of deen, mothers and sisters, this is the time of the year when people are very concerned. They are concerned generally, those who are in any kind of institution, they are concerned about the examinations that are not far off and hoping that everything goes well in terms of the exams and that they pass well and this is a valid concern it's a normal natural concern of anybody who is responsible person who is reckless person who is irresponsible person who is very very foolish they would not be concerned about the exam that may be coming whatever exam that will be So a reckless person would not bother to prepare for the exam, to make any kind of effort to try and pass the exam. So obviously we are talking to people who are responsible. May Allah Ta'ala make me and all of us responsible. May Allah Ta'ala make us those who have the real responsibility that He has placed on us at heart. So in any case, this is the time of the year when people are concerned. Some people are in the midst of their exams. Some people are going to be embarking on exams not far off. So, the thing is that when it comes to that time of the year when it's exam, then this brings a certain concern. It brings a person to make sacrifices. So, a person who normally the weekend comes person would be very casual, very lax, planning in advance to spend the weekend here, there and everywhere, planning to do things which would be of a very leisurely type. Allah forbid sometimes people plan to do haram when the weekends come. But when it is exam time, then a person sacrifices those leisures and pleasures. There is some family function there is some bribe somebody is inviting you to. There is some other very, uh, some kind of occasion that you would look forward to. But now it's exam time, so you excuse yourself. Look, I cannot make it this weekend. I'm studying for my exams. People have this concern at heart. So they may not even invite you at such a time. And if somebody does invite you, then you would excuse yourself because of the exams. So any case, the days of the exams go with this concern, the time before the exams, during the exams. Those who generally, or many of those who generally are lax, even in their deen, especially when it comes to weekends. Many people think, like for example, when a person is a musafir, person is on a journey, then namaz is half. Person has gone on a safar, 
for more than 48 miles. So namaz becomes half. So zuhar salah, you'll perform two rakats, asar, isha, the first will be two rakats. So on safar, namaz is half. And unfortunately, some people think that on the weekends, namaz is maaf. Whereas there is no such thing as namaz becoming maaf for anybody at any time. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was in the last stages of his life on in this dunya. And he was extremely ill. And he had lost consciousness. And as soon as his eyes opened, he gained consciousness again. The first concern was that has the salah been performed already? The salah with jama'ah. Nabi Salaam is being told that no, they are waiting for you. The sahaba are waiting for you. So he takes a ghusl because he had lost consciousness. So he takes a ghusl and is preparing to perform salah now. But that exhaustion of the ghusl, etc. again is too much and he loses consciousness for the second time. And again when he regains consciousness, that's the first concern about salah. This happens three times. Eventually then he gives the instruction, okay, tell Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu to lead the salah. And then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, after having completed the necessary, he then performs his salah at home because of his extreme illness. But the lesson for us is that he is the Nabi of Allah wa ta'ala. He is masoom. He is sinless. There is no question of anything in his regard. But salah was still the topmost priority and there was never a salah that could become qaza. Even he performed every salah of his and salah did not become maaf for him. Where we are and who are we that will come the weekend, come holidays and it is as if salah is maaf. So there will never be a time when salah will be maaf. We will have to perform our salah. So, when the time comes for the exams, then a person is very, very concerned. Those who are generally lax, for who, unfortunately, they come the weekends and they say salah is like maaf for them. Even they, when it's exam time, or the week or two before the exams, they are performing all their, all their salah. Somebody who is in the habit, Allah forbid, of planning haram for the weekends. Come exam time, and that person also is planning what better work one can do, how much maybe zikr or dua one is going to make more in order to get the help of Allah Ta'ala to be successful in the exams. So now when the exams are looming, then we are becoming concerned about Allah Ta'ala, becoming concerned about our deen, becoming concerned about fulfilling all the commands of Allah Ta'ala, staying away from sin. And Alhamdulillah, this is a good thing that we turn to Allah Ta'ala. But then comes the other phase, that while the exams are still approaching, and during the exams, then there is this concern, there is this worry, there are these sacrifices that are made, there is this turning to Allah Ta'ala, there is this consciousness of deen, there is this awareness of salah and turning to salah and likewise all the other aspects of deen but then the exams now finally come to an end and maybe if the results are not yet out then a person is still on the edge so now still making dua 
that I know now I didn't do too well, but I hope the, hope the marks still come out well. Now, that's also a very strange thing. The person says, I know I didn't do well in the paper. I didn't do well, but I'm still hoping that the marks come out well. So that's now like the story of the wish that somebody planted a feather and they were wishing now that a chicken will grow out of it. But in any case, still, till the results don't come out, people are still at the edge and making dua and hoping and wishing. Finally, the results come out. A person gets the report. Some places maybe that might be almost immediately after the exams over, within a day or two. Some places will be maybe later. In any case, now that the results are out, so some would perhaps be very, very happy because they got excellent results, they scored distinctions, A passes and everything. Some did well, maybe not as well as the first group, but they passed, they did well, etc. There may be some who didn't do very well. But in any case, now that the exams are over, the results are out, a person has seen they have passed. So now comes what they call the time of celebration. Obviously we are in a dini institution. We are in an institution where Quran Sharif, the ahadith of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the laws of deen are learnt and taught where the whole objective is to become a good Muslim. So this is very far-fetched from us. It's not expected that this will ever happen in such an institution. But this is something seen in schools, wherever else, that now that the results come out, and now people see they have passed, they have done well, so now it's time for celebration. So how do they celebrate? So many, many people celebrate in every way that they can break the commands of Allah Ta'ala. While the exams were coming, they were turning to Allah Ta'ala, making dua, begging His help, asking people for dua, asking people to make some salatul haja and make big dua for them. They were giving some sadaqa. Mashallah, all excellent. Now that the help of Allah Ta'ala came and they passed, so now what is the way forward? The way forward is now that you must start sinning now. That is unfortunately the tragic manner in which people celebrate this pass. And they feel now it's all over. So now we can do what we want. It's all over. So now we don't have to be concerned too much about deen, about our salah, and about, about our akhlaq. We are an independent person. And especially as people get towards the tail end of their studies, wherever they may be, suddenly there is this type of independence that comes in. I am my own person. I am a big person now. I have graduated, I have finished off, and especially if people are in a circular field, I finished off matric, and I have done this and that. And Allah forbid sometimes, person has studied deen, and now the person is reaching the end of that study program. So now there is a type of independence that starts coming in. Whereas this is the last thing that should happen, in a person, especially somebody who has studied deen, they should know better. But this is a common story, unfortunately. It happens from time to time. Parents 
people bring up this issue. I sent my daughter to study deen, and now she studied, she's become an alima. Some places this this type of complaints come wherever they are from, out of the province, wherever they may be, some other country sometimes, that uh, she became an alima, but now she has a very independent attitude. Everybody must look up to her, nobody must correct her, nobody must tell her anything, nobody must ever try to point out any of her fault, otherwise she is very upset about it. Now this is the total opposite of what we should have learned. Alhamdulillah, we are in a deen environment. This is not expected of anyone here. But we need to learn from the lessons of others. This is an intelligent person. A person who takes a lesson from others. So what is being discussed doesn't mean that this applies to us. But we should not be unmindful of this also. We should be aware and conscious that these things do creep in. And therefore we need to be alert that we don't allow it to creep into ourselves. So as people progress in whichever field, circular field, sometimes Allah forbid dini study, now there's this type of independence. And there's this type of I am better kind of attitude. I am superior. The superior complex. Superiority complex. So now nobody should tell me anything Nobody should correct me. Nobody should rectify me. Nobody should ask me anything. I should not be taken to account for anything. Why should I answer to anybody? I am my own boss. This is an extremely negative quality in a person. If a person is truly humble, if a person has humility, and this is such an important thing that in the line of Tasawwuf, in the line of Islam and Tazkiyah. Now this is an integral part of our whole program in the Madrasa that together with Talim, the emphasis is on Tarbiyat. And Tarbiyat, whether we call it now Tasawwuf, we call it Tazkiyah, we call it Tarbiyat, it's all the same thing, that to bring in the correct qualities within us and remove the evil qualities, remove pride, remove arrogance, remove love of dunya, Remove the love of the ego. Because all these things play out in different ways. Now for example, a person who has been cleansed of the love of the ego. So they are not going to try to keep projecting themselves. person who is truly humble, all this now fits in. person who has acquired these qualities of genuine humility. And of being cleared from this love of the ego, the love of dunya, etc., so such a person would not be trying to protect herself all the places. And this topic we keep bringing up from time to time and it is something important to keep bringing up also that this issue of brand names and so on as we said many times to buy something that is branded because it is good quality but provided it is conforming to the requirements of shariat and deen in itself is not a problem, but then that label must be tucked away somewhere. But unfortunately, what the whole point is, that if that label is not going to be seen, then what's the use? If that label and that brand name is not going to be visible, then what's the use? That is the problem. If that is lurking in the heart, then Allah knows what's lurking in the heart. 
So then that scarf will now be adjusted in such a way that that gharbiya to sharqiya, everything must be visible. It must be very, very well visible what I'm wearing. Then Allah Ta'ala knows the thief inside the heart. Outwardly we may make one story, Allah Ta'ala knows the thief within us. So where does this come from? Because we did not get that tarbiyat. We did not absorb it. What was being given, we did not take it to heart. And therefore, now these things become the thing that dictates our life forward. If somebody has to question us, our own mothers for that matter, they have to correct us, rectify us in some way. They have to tell us something. What is the reaction then? Whereas we have learned the ayat of the Quran Sharif, وَلَا تَقُلْ لَهُمَا أُفْفِوا وَلَا تَنْهَرْهُمَا وَقُلْ لَهُمَا قَوْلًا كَرِيمًا Don't even say uff to your parents. But do we practice on it? Do we take their correction, their guidance, their reprimand in a positive manner? Or do we take offense? Are we obedient? Or do we rebel? Now, why does this happen? Because of this independent attitude. And because this humility hasn't come in the heart. So now, even if our mother is correcting us, guiding us, and if she is reprimanding us also, she has a right. She is the mother, and she has the right to reprimand her daughter. But now there will be severe offense taken if there is no humility, if there is pride in the heart. And if it's not the mother, it's somebody else, then what can one say? If a mother's correction will not be accepted, and there will be offense taken, then what can one even think about anybody else? Now what is this? This is the effect of pride. This is the effect of a lack of humility. Nobody must ask me anything, nobody must tell me anything, nobody must take me to account, nobody must correct my faults. Now, this is the thing that will uh, challenge us when we are out of this institution, now that the holidays will come. And we will be in our own space, at home, wherever. And how we conduct ourselves, this will be the challenge. And these are the kind of complaints that come after a holiday. I thought my daughter learned a lot in the madrasa, but this is how she was conducting herself. And people now are wondering, what is she learning? So therefore this is being discussed in advance. In advance now, that before this holiday comes, we need to know, number one, that just as we were concerned about Allah Ta'ala's help before the holiday, in the holiday, we are also the servants of Allah Ta'ala. When that exam has been passed, we got the results, the celebration would be in the way that Allah Ta'ala is pleased. Unfortunately, our celebration is in a way to displease Allah Ta'ala. What a tragedy that is. So therefore, this is the lesson here, that that concern for deen, that concern for the akhirat, that concern for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, that should now increase, that Allah Ta'ala has made it possible to achieve a good pass and to be able to be moving forward. But together with that, what is the thing to remember from this whole exam is the lesson that till the results don't come out, we cannot afford to become lax. This exam was a very, very temporary exam, very small exam. 
person fails his exam can pass it next year also. Not a problem. Failure is a stepping stone to success. It's just a big word failure. A person has tried and they didn't make it. They haven't failed. That's just the word. They haven't failed. It's just that they will have a second opportunity to try and make it. But the real exam is the exam of the Akhirat. And just as we get very concerned about the small exams of dunya, we have to be a hundred times, a thousand times, many, many thousand times more concerned about the exams of Akhirat. That that is an exam we should not fail. We should not be able to, we should not be in a situation where on that day we are now suddenly in a predicament because then there is no second chance. We will not be able to come back to dunya and come and have a second try. It's too late then. So that concern will remain till the day of Qiyamah because that's when we'll get the result. So till our life is in dunya, till we have one breath of life left, we cannot afford to become negligent, to become lax, take things for granted. No, that's not the case. Now how are we going to prepare for that real exam? The preparation for that real exam is that we become conscious of Allah Ta'ala. That's the first thing. We build this consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is aware of everything. Allah Ta'ala is watching. Whether we are in madrasa, whether we are out of madrasa, whether we are at home, whether we are somewhere else, wherever we are, Allah Ta'ala is watching. Now just like a person in the examination hall, they don't cheat, they don't ask any questions to anybody, they don't talk to anyone, because the examiner or the invigilator is watching. And if somebody is caught talking or doing something, they'll fail the exam. So now this consciousness, we are being watched. Because we are being watched, we can't talk, we can't do anything that is not allowed in the exam hall. So likewise, this consciousness that Allah Ta'ala is watching us all the time. Allah Ta'ala is hearing what we speak. Allah Ta'ala knows where our eyes are looking. And Allah Ta'ala is aware of whatever we are doing whether we are obedient to our parents or disobedient, whether we are wearing that branded garment to just advertise ourselves, or what is the intention behind it, Allah Ta'ala knows. People say, no, it's just to make myself happy. So you can hide the label and make yourself happy too. Why you only get happy when other people see the label? You see the label, you can see it, and then hide it. You know what you're wearing, but you'll only get happy when other people see it. So that's something else, that's now the inner aspect that is now expressing itself in that label. So likewise we need to prepare for this exam with the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is watching, Allah Ta'ala is aware. Then a very important part of this preparation is the company we keep. What kind of company we keep? Because that company is going to help us to prepare for this exam and to pass it or that company is going to make us fail this exam. That company is very crucial. We repeatedly have discussed this issue of the company. We need to become very, very conscious of this now. Especially this time of the year, this company becomes a major problem for people that they have a very difficult choice. Either they join the wrong company, go to the wrong places, go to the halls and malls, go to the bazaars, go to the various other entertainments that are taking place here, there and everywhere. 
or that they sometimes have to accept and make the sabr for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure and just be alone. There are these choices to make. Now there are those who have that courage, that himmat. They are ready to make that sabr because they know this is a very temporary phase. How long? This will pass. One week, two weeks of all this drama, a few weeks of all this drama. But Allah forbid that how many people by the time this drama is finished, their whole life has become a real drama. The life is all upside down. It has become like a real horror drama. By the time that holiday finishes, they don't even know whether it is day or night. They are in such a, they have messed their lives up in such a way. And those who made the sabr, and apparently outwardly they were the ones who are suffering, but they made the sabr for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure. That what is, what is this little difficulty that we feel of being alone? What is this? This is nothing. Compared to those who are in such difficulties throughout the world, what is this? And that too for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala rewards this in so many ways in dunya, and the real reward is in the akhirat. So this company is going to be very crucial. That how do we face this time? One very important thing is this company that we make it, we embed it firmly in our hearts that we are going to be very careful, very selective about the company we keep. From now we prepare for that. We keep some good kitabs. We find out from our teachers authentic good books to keep. We read that. We engage in things that will be constructive, that will be beneficial. We become conscious of being helpful to others. Because those who are helpful to others, these are the people that really get very close to Allah Ta'ala. This is a part of good akhlaq. The subject that we meant to discuss today was good akhlaq, but the whole topic has gone in another direction. Inshallah, that on another occasion, that those who really are conscious of Allah wa Ta'ala, they are conscious of the Akhirat, they are conscious of making the Akhirat for themselves, then they will prepare for this exam by means of good akhlaq. Because this, the result on that day is going to be weighed in the scales of deeds. And the heaviest thing on the scales of good deeds is good akhlaq. After the faraiz and compulsory actions, and refraining from guna and sin, the heaviest thing on the scales of good deeds is good akhlaq. So now a person who wants to pass this exam, they will be very very careful about always having good akhlaq. Good akhlaq with their parents. This is the most important aspect in a person's life in terms of relationships. The relationship with one's parents. The akhlaq that one has to deal with with one's parents. It doesn't mean that you will always be very happy about the decisions that they make. You'll sometimes want something, they have decided something else. That will happen. From time to time these things happen. That they have decided something, but you were hoping for something else. So now you are not necessarily happy about their decision. That is human nature that you are not going to be happy because you are wishing for something else. But, akhlaq demands 
that you accept what they have decided. You may put forward your suggestion in a nice way, in a humble way, in a respectful way. You may give your suggestions. No problem with that. But when there is a decision, your parents have made a decision, your seniors, your teachers have made a decision. So now when there is a decision, a person with good akhlaq, a person who is concerned about passing the real exam of the akhirat, even if there is some discomfort within, there is some displeasure within about that, why was this decided? But the akhlaq that a person has, that person will still outwardly show wholehearted acceptance to it. And the person will accept it. And the person will make an effort to go by that decision. Who? Such a person who has good akhlaq. That fine, whatever it is, I'm not too thrilled about this decision. But if this is the decision of my parents, obviously something that is not against the laws of Allah Ta'ala. Something that doesn't break the laws of deen. Otherwise there is no way that we can accept to do something that is sinful. Now, the parents have decided that now we all are going to uh, some place where now there's going to be intermingling, there's going to be all kinds of wrong that's taking place there, there's going to be music being played there, there's whatever else. So, in a very respectful way, without becoming arrogant or rude, but with respect we will have to decline. Unfortunately, well, whatever it is, not unfortunately, but definitely, this is something that I cannot be part of. Unfortunate is not something that the word shouldn't even be used here because this is not unfortunate that a person stays away from it. That is fortunate. The fortunate person is one who stays away from sin, from haram. The unfortunate person is one who just goes along into anything even if it's wrong. So, on such occasions we will have to respectfully decline. But if it is not against the commands of Allah Ta'ala, it's not against the Shariat, then in such situations we will happily comply. Even if we are not happy with them. That is a person with akhlaq. And such a person on the day of Qiyamah will see the reward of this akhlaq. Such a person will see the benefit of this akhlaq. And this comes in the Akhirat obviously, even in dunya that reward comes in various ways. We have discussed many many times that how Allah Ta'ala rewards a person in so many different ways in dunya. And therefore, we should not be looking purely in the manner that the dunya looks at, that a person must have more material things, then that person has now succeeded, person must have more entertainment and fun of dunya, then that person has succeeded. But what is the use of that material and that entertainment and that fun if the end result of it all is that it destroys a person's dunya and deen. Deen is the most most important thing, the dunya also goes with it. In so many different ways this happens. So Allah Ta'ala grants barakat, Allah Ta'ala grants contentment, Allah Ta'ala grants peace to those who obey Him. And especially those who put the pressure on their nafs, but they don't give in to the haram. So, we need to be careful about this time of the year, just as we are preparing for the exams, and we are conscious that we need to do the best to pass the exam. The biggest exam is the exam of Akhirat. The main exam is the exam of Akhirat. The time of the person being questioned in the Qabr. Those are the questions we need to be concerned about. The questions on the day of Qiyamah. 
These are the questions that we have already been told about. But we will not answer on the basis of our knowledge. We will answer on the basis of our actions. If our actions were correct, we will give the correct answers. If our actions were sinful, then we will not be able to answer. And that will lead us into major problems. So, we need to become now very conscious. We need to develop this humility within us. Be humble. This is a great quality. There was one Buzrug who one person came to him and stayed in his company for a long time. And now finally, after a long time, that Buzrug then gave him Khilafat. He made him his Khalifa. And he told him, you go to a certain place now and you go and do the work of deen there, in that place. Some area far off, he dispatched him there. Now as he was leaving, so now the Shaykh is sending him off, so he asked for some advice. That Please give me some advice. So Shaykh gave him advice and told him, that two things, don't ever claim divinity, and don't ever claim prophethood. Don't claim divinity, meaning don't ever claim you are Allah. Now, that is the meaning of don't claim divinity. Don't claim you are God. And don't claim prophethood. Don't claim you are a prophet. So this person was shocked. He says, I stayed so long in your company, learning from you. And eventually you put this responsibility of khilafat upon me. And are you still afraid that I will make such a claim, a claim of divinity, a claim of prophethood, divinity, this is something which only the worst kafirs have done, like Fir'aun. He made the claim, Ana Rabbukumul Ala. So, are you actually afraid that I will make such a claim? So the Shaykh replied to him and said, that that is not the divinity I am talking about. What I am talking about is this, that the person who always feels that whatever I have said, that is how it must be. My word must be the final word. It must never happen any other way. I have said something, I have decided something, I have wanted to do something, it must happen the way I want it. So, this is a kind of claim of divinity. Because only Allah Ta'ala has that authority, that power, that uh, command, that whatever He decides is final. The decree of Allah Ta'ala is what will prevail. Nobody can oppose that. Nobody can go against that. And the decree of Allah Ta'ala will always be the thing that will work. That is what will happen. Now somebody who wants that, whatever he decides, whatever he has thought of, whatever he says, must always be the the last thing. That must be the final word. Then he is like, so to say, claiming divinity now. That I have this authority. So this is what I am saying, the Shaykh is giving the advice, that don't ever make this kind of claim for yourself. A person who knows he is a servant, he is a slave of Allah Ta'ala, then just as others are slaves of Allah Ta'ala, he is also a slave of Allah Ta'ala. So there is some giving and taking, he accommodates others, he is compassionate towards others, he is prepared to give preference to others, to the views of others, provided is within the limits of Shariat and Deen. Then such a person will not have this attitude that what I say is the last word. What I have decided, that is final. And I am not prepared to listen to anybody else to do anything else. And prophethood, 
the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, whichever Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, he is divinely guided by Wahi. He is div- inspired by Wahi. And therefore, he will be always right because he's been guided by Allah Ta'ala. So, when the Nabi is saying something, وَمَا يَنْتِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيُ يُوحَىٰ That he's not talking of his own accord. He's talking the from the revelation of Allah Ta'ala. So, when a person feels that whatever I say is right, I'm always right, then he's so to say claiming prophethood, that I can't be wrong. Whatever I'm saying is right. So this was the lesson that he was giving him in a very unique way. He says, don't ever claim divinity, don't ever claim prophethood. In other words, don't claim for yourself that your word must be the last word, whatever you have thought of, that must be final, or that you are always right. This is not something that behoves of a servant, of a slave of Allah Ta'ala. So, we need to become humble, we need to turn to Allah Ta'ala in all humility, and we need to deal with the servants of Allah Ta'ala also with humility, with kindness, with compassion, with respect. Those who are blessed with respect, they are blessed with a very great wealth. And Allah forbid if somebody is deprived of adab, deprived of respect, then such a person is deprived of everything. In one couplet, Arabic couplet, the poet says that often is not a person who has lost his parents and family. Such a person is not an orphan. The yatim, the yatim is yatimul ilmi wal adabi. The person who is an orphan is the person who doesn't have knowledge and doesn't have adab and respect. Such a person, no matter who he may have around him, but such a person is truly an orphan. That person is somebody we should ha- have a lot of pity for. We are very, feeling very sorry for such a person. A person has been dis- deprived of respect, doesn't have respect, doesn't have adab, doesn't have etiquette, doesn't have haya. Such a person is worthy of pity. We should really feel sorry for that person. person we feel sorry for is a person who doesn't have food to eat. Yes, that too is part of our deen to have compassion and kindness for such a person. But more than that person, we should feel sorry for somebody who is deprived of adab, of respect, of good manners, of obedience to parents. Such a person we should feel sorry for. We should make dua for them. We should feel a lot of kindness and compassion towards them by making dua for them. Really, that they have lost out on such a big thing. They have lost out on obedience to parents. They have lost out on respect for elders. They have lost out on humility. person is walking around proudly, arrogantly, I am so and so. That is a terrible thing. We should feel sorry for them. Really, they, they deserve pity. And our expression of pity would be by making dua for them. Let us make sure we feel pity for ourselves first. Feel pity for ourselves and check within ourselves that do we have these things lurking in us. Don't look down upon anybody. Feel pity for them, but feel pity upon ourselves first. That do we have pride and arrogance? Then we should feel very sorry for ourselves and try to help ourselves by taking the help from seniors, by taking the help from those who can guide us so that we have the good akhlaq, the good morals, the good etiquette 
and we pass this exam of the akhirat. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give me and all of us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana anil hamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsithana an alayk anta kama athnaita ala nafsik. Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallama bima huwa ahlu. ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله رب